Hallo und herzlich willkommen zu dieser Spezial-Podcast-Ausgabe zum Thema Impact Investing. Heute darf ich bei mir Stefanie Meyer von Garm Investments begrüßen. Stefanie Meyer ist dort Global Head of Sustainable and Impact Investment und damit verantwortlich für die Leitung der nachhaltigen Anlage und ESG-Strategie von Garm. Hallo Stefanie, good to have you here. Hallo, ähm, ja, vielen Dank äh, und ja, ich mache jetzt äh, in Englisch weiter, aber herzlich äh, willkommen für äh, die Listeners. Exactly, Stephanie. So you're half German, which you just told me before we started the recording, uh, but you now live in London, where you work for GAM since 2021. Before that, you've been seven years at Avia Investors and three years at HSBC. And in both positions, you've been responsible for sustainable investment strategies. So sustainable investment has been a huge part of your career so far. Can you maybe tell me a little bit, what are you doing now as head of impact investing at GAM? Yes, definitely. So as you said, I've actually been sustainable investment for around 20 years. Um, and obviously, we've seen a, a huge amount of change, in particular in the last you know, two, two three years. Um, we, we've certainly seen a, a complete uh, change in, in the profile of uh, sustainable and in, impact investing. So my role at GAM is, as you said, Global Head of Sustainable and Impact Investing. And essentially, my role there is to drive better outcomes for our, for our clients. The, the three ways essentially that we do that is, you know, one, myself and the team work on embedding ESG, so environmental, social and governance uh, insights, uh, engagement and voting, working alongside our investment managers. The second piece is, is engaging with our clients um, around sustainable investment themes and in particular developing new products um, to, to meet the, their changing needs across different asset classes. And then the last piece is also working across our organization. Um, so ensuring that you know, we, we strive to have a, a positive impact on, on our people, on the environment and on the community. Culture is really important for us and important for our clients. Um, and And transparency, which is a theme I'm sure we'll come come to, is really important for us as a as a company as well as us as investors. In asset management, there was quite a discourse in the last months about what sustainability actually means. Can you tell me a little bit what impact investing or sustainability means for you? All our investments ultimately have an impact. Um, a key a key trend shaping not just sustainable investment landscape, but really all investment is a growing recognition of this. Where our capital is allocated matters. We're moving from this focus on ESG integration. So to introduce a technical term, the single materiality lens. So essentially, you know, what is the impact of ES and G factors on the valuation of a company to a double materiality lens or an impact lens, looking at the impact that the company has on or investments have on the environment um, and society. Uh, sort of this concepts, you know, informing the regulation that we're seeing, uh, particularly in Europe, the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, but also how institutions and individuals are, are really looking, looking to invest. So climate change these days is basically a systemic risk affecting every sector and every market. Uh, for example, in, Germ uh, in Germany, we are currently facing Uh, one of the driest summers since the start of measurement and the similar for other European countries like in France. 
Therefore, impact investing in ESG is more important than ever. So on which strategies do you focus on GAM to implement impact investing approaches? So completely, these big global challenges, climate change, the, the need to drive to a net zero future, you know, resource scarcity, biodiversity loss, but also, you know, demographic change, rising inequality are all shaping our investment landscape. Going back to your to your earlier question around a bit more detail on the definition of impact investing, I mean, essentially a core definition there focus on investing with the intention to generate positive, measurable environmental or social impact. Um, I think the key terms here are the you know, intentionality piece and the measurability piece. And that's really core to uh, the way that we look to invest um, and the way that we look to uh, develop the sorts of investment solutions that our clients are are looking looking for. One strategy in, in particular it might be worth highlighting is a climate bond fund we have, which is focused on green bond issuance of European financials. Now, we see uh, banks in particular as playing a really key role in the in financing the low carbon transition. We know that obviously larger companies have access to uh, public um, markets uh, where they are listed. But actually, when you think about the funding for small and medium enterprises, a lot of that comes through banks. Uh, European banks are, are responsible for around 80% of SME lending. And if that lending can be targeted at supporting and essentially helping to finance the transition of those companies uh, to net zero, that is going to have a really significant impact. When we talk now about sustainability, there's always the talk that we need green technologies such as solar or electronic vehicles to make the turnaround, the green turnaround story possible. But these industry, they require investments in mining sector or the metal sector. I'm sure GAM is also invested in solar uh, technologies or electronic technologies. Um, so how can you make green investments in these sectors when you at the same time also have to invest in dirty sectors such as the mining or metal sector? And how can you include them to be part of the green turnaround story? So I think there's two, I think, key elements to this. I think, you know, one is very much understanding the full value chain. You know, as you said, producing some of these um, the products, the technologies that we need, that we know are going to drive decarbonization, we need to understand the impacts that they have across the uh, across the value chain. And, you know, thinking about that, and we think about that uh, from looking at the kind of the risks, the opportunities, those impacts, but also the extent to which those can be managed. Having that full value chain sort of look through helps us have a better and broader and more holistic understanding of where those impacts are. And I think increasingly, we really do need to understand that full life cycle of, of the impact to be able to make the right investment decisions. I think the second piece that I think is highlighted by your question is really the point around transition and transitioning sectors. You know, we know we need energy. We know we need building materials. But we also know that currently a large proportion of those are very carbon intensive. So also a big part is thinking through, well, how are those 
companies, how are those sectors going to transition? Some of those companies are going to do that successfully and some of those are going to be less successful. So, yes, we invest in some European oil and gas companies, but we've done a, you know, that is very much selectively and that is very much looking at those oil and gas companies that we think are putting the you know considerable amount of investment into transitioning in uh, to and investing in those lower carbon technologies while they are as a business reducing their dependency on on the the fossil fuel part of their business so this idea of the transition uh planning you know how do companies transition is a really key theme as part of our engagement and actually yesterday we uh, released our, our net zero interim targets. So we're part of the net zero asset manager initiative. And really the way that we see as being most effective to decarbonize um, our portfolios, but actually focus on decarbonizing in the real economy, in the real world, is around that transition story, whether it's energy or whether it's um, materials again looking at you know opportunities around you know green cement rather than the, the standard cement looking for opportunities in in you know, that hydrogen can play and obviously looking at the way that you know utilities change their energy mix from the more carbon intensive to the the less carbon intensive um, energy generation technologies so you would say that uh, investments in carbon intensive technologies or sectors are definitely necessary to make the green transition possible? I think we need to recognise that we don't yet have the economy that is low carbon right now. And to get there, we need to obviously direct more capital into those technologies that are going to get us there. But we also need to ensure that some of those key sectors transition and get there themselves. And I think that's a really key um, role of of investors. And certainly, you know, our, our clients uh, are very much focused on understanding how we navigate and drive that uh, transition in a way that, you know, delivers on, uh, you know, on their investment objectives, but also as we've been talking about, increasingly thinking around their own sustainability objectives as well. So I've just mentioned two prominent sectors, one the solar, the other one the electronic vehicle sector, which are always named when we talk about the green uh, transition or the, uh, the climate change transition. Which other sectors do you think are crucial to, to, to cope with the current climate change effects we see? So climate change is essentially going to require a transformation across all sectors. Yes, energy is the key one and rightly there's a lot of focus, but we need to look at our transport sector. We need to look at our, our buildings. Um, we need to look at agriculture um, in terms of understanding, you know, not just the, the the carbon embedded within our supply chains, but increasingly the very real physical risks associated uh, with climate change in terms of um, the resilience of some of those agricultural um, supply chains that we have as well. So while there's an important focus on those enabling technologies that we have now, we also need to recognise that if we are to meet the two degree, um, the well below two degree, the 1.5 degree Paris 
target, then actually we are looking at a, a full scale transformation across the economy. And that means, you know, essentially every sector, every company understanding what that transition means for them, changing the types of products and, and solutions um, that they are offering, thinking about resilience um, throughout their their supply chain. And we also need, you know, newer technologies that, that are still in quite incipient stages right now. And I think there's a huge opportunity there. But it's also important that we recognize the scale of the transformation that needs to happen in this transition to a low carbon economy. Do you see sectors where there's already good progress and other ones where they still a lot of work to do? I think certainly the carbon intensive sectors. And again, I think we need to ensure we don't look at you know, all companies in the sector as being like, uh, you know, being alike, because certainly you can see leaders and, and laggards in a number of these sectors. But the increased focus from investors through initiatives like the Climate Action 100 Plus initiative, so one of the, the largest investor engagement initiatives, um, which also I'm, I'm involved in and GAM's involved in as well, is really sending a very clear message to those carbon um, intensive companies and sectors that the need to decarbonize is is real and that is very much from a you know fiduciary viewpoint of the recognition that climate change is a systemic risk and we need to address this to ensure we get the best you know the best results for for you know our clients from a financial perspective but also from a sort of livable planet perspective uh, in the long term so i think the energy companies while they have some of the hardest challenges i think are certainly very aware of that challenge i think where we're seeing increasing engagement um, is actually also on the you know the building materials um, side as well and i think transport and you mentioned evs earlier is one of those areas where actually some of that transition was pretty slow we saw you know if we're looking you know five ten years ago it was really very limited but things like you know public policy changes phase out of you know stated phase out in 2035 2040 of um the the current internal combustion engine approach to uh to you know ev um and uh you know hybrid vehicles has really changed the dial on the pace at which some of these sectors are are transitioning and I think that speaks to another really important part of, yes, investment is a critical part in this uh, this transition, but public policy regulation plays a really important part too. So you just said it, investments is a critical part of the green transition process. And what we've seen, especially now the last months in sustainable investment, is a surge of greenwashing scandal in Europe, especially, but also in the US. So I'm kind of like getting the impression that the in industry, if it continues like this, is losing its, its credibility in the area of sustainability due to the many greenwashing scandals. How do you perceive the current situation? So greenwashing is, is clearly important that we address it. 
we know that there's obviously been a significant interest, increase in interest in sustainable investment, which is a, a good thing. We also seen a lot of regulation focusing on increased disclosure, which you know should absolutely help um, that understanding of uh, what investments are actually uh, targeting. But we need to recognise that you know essentially sustainable investment encompasses a myriad of approaches, whether it's exclusions, engagements, you know, tilting um, towards uh, you know certain ESG scores, a thematic focus, also you know what time frame um, the investment is is over. Um, all of these things are of you know there's a there's a whole range of different approaches, and I think one of the areas that's often missed in this discussion around greenwashing is actually education. You know, more disclosure doesn't necessarily mean a better understanding. And, you know, one of the, I suppose, the issues that I see is, is you know, that risk of the mismatch between investors' expectations of what they see within a uh, what they see within an investment uh, product that they're looking to invest in and how the strategy run requires not just that disclosure but also a much deeper understanding of you know what that means and you know from next year we're about to see you know an awful lot more disclosure as a result of the the sort of next phase of the SFDR um, uh, disclosure uh, regime what we need to make sure is that you know alongside that disclosure also comes a level of education and and building of understanding but absolutely in terms of how do we address it you know transparency um, is key we need to ensure that you know our investors whether they're institutional or whether they're you know retail investors that everyone understands what they're investing in and what they're not investing in so uh, my impression when i talk to managers in germany some of them tell me that sustainable investments in particular often have only the reputation of being nothing more than marketing so do you also think this should be approached and how can you make impact investing be more credible or credible one of the things I think we should helpfully do is is actually ensure that we are more articulate around what the sustainability objective is. We state investment objectives in our funds. So what's the sustainability objective? Can that be clearly articulated? And then going back to the point earlier around the measurability, you know, how do we actually report on what that then looks like in terms of how that's translated into the the portfolio construction and you know ultimately the companies you find it in that um, you know in that fund or not if there are exclusions on certain uh, activities that also means if those aren't listed then you can hold them so you know this this issue around you know whether fossil fuel companies are in are in various strategies there's no such thing as a you know a sustainable or an unsustainable company in terms of a single definition it's does it fit and is there an intention and is it contributing and can you measure that contribution to an outcome or not? And I think the, the, the clearer, you know, we as an industry can get as at articulating what those objectives are and then importantly reporting back on how we meet those. Um, I think that brings 
that you know credibility and 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 trust to the industry so maybe as a last question how do you perceive the current status of the finance industry is it prepared for the future or are, or are we only getting started i think here i i take the the sort of i guess 20 year view that that i have in a sense there's an element of us rediscovering or a large proportion of the market sort of rediscovering and learning something that those that have been in in this industry for a long time already understand you know sustainable um, investment esg issues are you know are dynamic are um uh, are complex are nuanced we're talking about investing in in systems you know these things aren't straightforward and i think there's a the drive to clarity which is good i think can get tripped up if we don't recognize the complexity that is inherent in what we're talking about here i think in terms of the three i suppose trends that 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 will be focused on Clearly, regulation is key, and I think you know various markets are variously prepared for that disclosure. Um, but I think you know broadly, there's an understanding of where we need to get to and where we will get to on some of that disclosure, uh, that disclosure piece. But we will also see you know more regulation come come down the line in in different markets, and we also need to keep an eye on the the you know and drive the real economy um, regulation. You know we have COP27. Uh, coming up uh, towards the end of the year, you know, very different dynamic from COP26 last year in terms of the, you know, the energy and the geopolitical landscape. But that doesn't make, you know, net zero any less important. And I think that net zero, so it's the second piece, I think that net zero transition is just getting more and more um, real, you know, the, the development that we will see in the metrics that we will have to show as an industry to show the progress we're making you know or not we'll see a huge um a huge shift i think the last bit are, that i think it's important for us as a industry to kind of think about is what i see is a, a kind of broader move from uh sort of disclosure to accountability so you know not just what are you doing but really understanding the impact of what we're doing so I'm I'm excited for the future, but it it is complex, it is nuanced. Um, you know, some of it will get messy, but it's really important that as an industry we stay focused on recognizing and you know driving those uh, those outcomes uh, in a in a transparent way. Thank you, Stephanie, for your great insights. Vielen Dank. 